Okay, here we go. It is time for the Wanna Bet podcast going into week 16. How is everybody doing out there? It is David Schiff. As usual, your co-host along with the man, the myth, my buddy, my friend, Miles V. Miles, how is life in Chicago these days? What's going on with you, my friend? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. David, life in Chicago is going great. Uh, love it here. I just started telling people uh, in, in my office that I do this podcast on the side. And so mm-hmm. welcome to uh, some of the new listeners from my office. want to give a shout out to Kelsey. She told me she's been listening to these already and that All right. her husband's a Packers fan. And uh, despite my disdain for the Packers, <laughs> he at least says I've been relatively fair in my analysis on them. So, yeah, well, look, we got to call it like we see it. Jordan Love has definitely had his moments during the year and the Packers have had some nice games. So, well, a, n- a nice validation for you there. That's good to hear. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked that she listens and uh, it's great to have her on board. And I hope we can add either her or her husband to the one event army and anyone else uh, who's a new listener. Really excited to have you aboard. I'm not shocked that we listen, that she listens. We put out great content every week. That is one big pile of shit. Before we get into our last week's bets and this week's bets and all the stuff that we do, can we just take a moment to to sing the song Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead in honor oh, yeah. of the firing of Brandon Staley? I'm sure you hear me laughing and cheering and applauding all the way from Chicago. But after that debacle of a Thursday night game, I, I mean, the Charger management, they had no choice. I mean, the, the team is, had clearly given up. I don't know. I'm sure they were going to let him go at some point. I don't know if it was after that game, but let's be honest. The Charger management is listening to our show, and they've heard us talk about firings daily now for how many weeks? It's been probably out of this is our 16th week in broadcast this year, and we've probably mentioned it in at least five to six of the weeks. Yeah, definitely a good six to seven times it's come up. And I don't know who management is anymore because they fired the GM as well, but they just had to do something. And and I'm glad they've turned the corner. They need to bring in, they need to bring in a Dan Campbell type. They need to someone who's played, someone who's got a reputation, someone who's tough. Not one of these 95 pound weakling, you know, the coach of Miami and Staley, these, you know, these nerdy kind of guys who were coordinators and the last time they played football was you know flag football in seventh grade they need someone who's tough and commands respect mike mcdaniel you just described you just described us i mean that's (laughs) we're nerdy we played flag football in seventh grade i I, nobody's giving me the offer of coaching the chargers and i would turn it down because i wouldn't know what to do but somebody better than me is out there for this job they've got some good talent they've got a great quarterback they have got to put together a better roster a better scheme a better plan and go out and punch somebody in the mouth you want some more of that i didn't think so well, good news. Next year, Nathaniel Hackett might be available to them. So we'll see <laughs> if he ends up a Charger. Uh, another coach that uh, I cannot stand to watch. So Yeah, well, we know what Sean Payton thinks about Nathaniel Hackett. So who knows? He could be out there looking. You're right. Um, now, I do want to get into last week's games. And I, I want to make sure, Miles, that you are okay medically. Has your blood <laughs> pressure recovered? Because... 
Ladies and gentlemen, in a world where every game is close and crazy, Miles had three barn burners that all went down to the final seconds and final plays. We'll get into that later. But are you okay medically? Turns out I went to the doctor and I'm fine. I just happened to weigh a lot more than I ever did when I stepped on a scale. So I got to now do something about that. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Short of that, no, it's, uh, boy, yeah, it was a really, really weird week. And as we talk about the games, uh, you know, I'll, I'll relay some of the, the thoughts that were going through my mind and some of the things that were happening. There was a lot of voodoo going on in my house, a lot of uh, superstition, a lot of staging of things. This was really... Uh, a bizarre, a bizarre week of football. And I'll tell you, yeah. when we get to the Army as well, it's not like everyone was really solid on their picks. Uh, this was a tough week to handicap. Yeah, you're right on. And I actually had written down in my notes, this was a weird week. And it was a weird week for many reasons. First of all, when I made my picks last week, I had no idea that I, that I picked all the Saturday games. So I picked all three games on Saturday. I was done when the games were done. And so I had really nothing vested to watch Sunday and Monday that I had bet money on. So that was a little bit strange. Um, you and I had a mediocre week. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, we only had one win, outright win bet between us. We go one, three, and two. You had two pushes that really almost could have been three pushes. So you were a couple of plays away from three pushes. You were a couple of plays away from being 0-3. I mean, you were really walking that razor-thin line this week. The funniest thing that I want to say is that I had zero wins this week, and I still beat you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling that out. <laughs> yes, you had two ties, almost three. You did. It's just one of those weird weeks. Um, yeah. Maybe you're going to start considering buying the hooks on some of these lines because that would have made a vastly different outcome for you. It sure would have. But uh, yeah, no, to think that I had zero games come in my favor and yet I still managed to finish ahead of you, that says something. I don't know what it says, but it's certainly something. It definitely says something about me that I'm not good at this, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. So I, I did want to say to the one about Army and everybody else out there that we are doing something a little bit different this week, which is kind of exciting. Yes, it, it's going to be not noticeable to them because it's going to be our regular show, but it's completely new and exciting and different for us. Do you want to explain kind of what we decided to do this week for this week's picks? Yeah, absolutely. So normally, Miles and I, when we make our bets, we do send them to each other ahead of time for a couple of reasons, just to make sure that we're not you know, exactly on the same games with the same bets, so we can spread things out and get some variety in the One Bet podcast. Also, so you know, we each have something to say about the other person's bet that we're a little bit prepared, but we are not doing that this week. Miles has no idea what I'm betting, and I have no idea what he's betting. We are going to hear it for the first time while we are recording the podcast. So we are going to respond spontaneously. It's probably a little bit of a disadvantage to me in terms of the overall competition. So remember, we are competing uh, over the entire year to have the biggest bank, and I am down about $1,000 with three weeks left. Now, we're both up on the year. We're both having decent years, but I am chasing miles in $1,000. So not knowing what his bets are, uh, I'm just sort of putting it out there what I think is going to you know, do well and what I think is going to come in. But from a strategic point of view, probably a little bit of a disadvantage for me. But I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be really exciting to hear your bets in the moment and respond to them. And we'll see where we are. We'll see if we both gravitated to the same games or not. 
Well, I'll tell you, there's more than just that strategery at place. And I say strategery because I believe it was uh, George W. Bush that invented that word. And now it's actually a real word. <laughs> but think of it from my perspective. I've got the lead. Mm-hmm. What if I go opposite of what you bet? Like that is that would be very weird. Now I can like stand to to have a double whammy. You could win and I could lose in the same game and that could really help you catch up. So I know you think it might be a disadvantage to you, but I would argue there's still an aspect of it that might disadvantage me. So I think it just depends on how we look at it. I think it's going to be interesting that we're going to be bringing these things up and I'm going to, we're going to have to check the, the lines too, because usually, you know, we have the lines from, you know, a couple of days ago already locked in. So, uh, we might have a, a little extra pausing to confirm the the line movement. But yeah, that's what we're doing this week. I, I doubt that our listeners are nearly as excited about that as we are, but we'll see how it goes. But before we get to that, we're going to have to recap last week. And David, why don't you go ahead and start with your your week? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start. So I was one and two on the week. I finished the week with 630. And let's talk for a minute about the game you and I were both on. And that was the Minnesota Cincinnati game. I had the under in the game at 40 and a half. Uh, You had Cincinnati uh, minus uh, minus three. My big bet was on this game. It was 440 to win 400. And I got to be honest with you, at the end of the third quarter, when the score was Minnesota 17 and Cincinnati 3, I was feeling pretty good about my under bet. And I was feeling a little bad for your bet on Cincinnati. And then the wheels fell off the Minnesota defense. It was like a completely different Cincinnati team came out. And if you saw the game, Cincinnati scored on like the first play of the fourth quarter. And I was like, oh, God, that's not a good sign for me. Two touchdowns later in like 10 minutes, my over my under was blown. And then Cincinnati and Minnesota just traded blows and you ended up getting a nice push out of that game. Yeah, it was definitely a weird game to watch. And what's funny is that this is this is my little story for that game is that we were having people over on on Saturday and didn't get a chance to really watch much of the game, at least not the first half. And so people are starting ready to leave. I flip on the game. Uh, I do see that it's 17 to three. Your unders looking great. I'm scratching my head at why Cincinnati not playing very well. Uh, my uncle sits down next to me and has a drink, and all of a sudden Cincinnati scores, and he's about to get up. I'm like, no, 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 don't get, don't get up. I want you to stay right here. You're my good luck. And the next thing you know, you know, Cincinnati ties up the game, and, I, and they wanted to leave. I would not let my uncle out of the house. I kept him here probably an extra thirty minutes. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, Cincinnati uh, ended up with the push. I would have much rather seen. The win, of course, but uh, the push was fine. Uh, Very weird game. Jamar Chase got injured in that game, and I thought for sure there was no way it was going to come in. And Jake Browning was throwing up these kind of wounded duck sort of deep balls, and every 50-50 ball, it seemed, in the end of the game was caught by you know Cincinnati. T. Higgins had an incredible touchdown where he sort of has this you know leaping, turning catch and then swings his arm behind him to cross the plane. I mean, some incredible plays, but it just felt like Uh, Like it was in slow motion, a car wreck going against the Minnesota Vikings where everything was just sort of going against them at the end. And 20 points scored in the first three quarters, 28 were scored in the fourth quarter, and then another three in overtime. So it was just a weird game. No doubt. And hats off to Nick Mullins, who played much better than I gave him credit for. I didn't think that he would be able to lead Minnesota really to anything. And, you know, he played a very good game 
overall and was much more impressive than I thought he would be. And so I didn't think Minnesota had a chance to stay close in this game, let alone lead for most of it. But uh, Cincinnati did come through. It was just a matter of the number. And what's funny is that I think, uh, you know, you might have been able to get that game at two and a half. You might have been able to get the game at three and a half, but at three, you were a push. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Nick Mullen was solid. Jordan Addison definitely stepped up and had a great game uh, for the Vikings. So that was a loss to start my Saturday. Uh, my next game was the Colts minus two and a half over the Steelers. I had bet 330 to win 300. And Pittsburgh. They scored their second touchdown one minute into the second quarter. And all of a sudden, Pittsburgh's up 13 to nothing. And I was like, what is going on with my football picks today? Is this are you is this really happening? And then luckily for me, Mitch Trubisky remembered that he's Mitch Trubisky. And the Steelers remembered that they don't have an offense. And those 13 points were the last points that they scored in the game. Meanwhile, Indianapolis, as I said, they've been fine. Gardner Minshew was actually better than fine. He had three touchdown passes. They score the next 30 points. And poor Pittsburgh Steelers, they're just a floundering team. So I won that that bet pretty easily, 30 to 13. That came in uh, $630 for me. I was pretty right on in this analysis. The, the Steelers just don't have an offense right now. And I capitalized on that, and that was nice to put that money in my bank. Well, the Steelers not only don't have an offense, but their defense. Did you see what their safety did to Michael Pittman? That was the most vicious hit I've seen in a long time. Knocked him dead out of the game, and now he's suspended for the rest of the year. Stupid is stupid does sir yeah suspended indefinitely i did see that so now pittsburgh defense is even weaker than it once was but yeah i've i've liked indianapolis hats off to that coaching staff i think they've come out of nowhere no one predicted that they would have a, a winning record at this point and they're just doing things that no one expected and they've done it without you know their main running back and, and jonathan taylor he he's and without missed. anthony richardson without their starting quarterback yeah so, yeah, that's really one of those funny teams to watch. And, and uh, I don't think a lot of people thought they'd be in the playoff hunt like they are. Well, I said it last week. It was the first time all year that I had been on the Colts because they had just been so hard to predict. And, you know, they had big changes going on with their roster and things like that. But, you know, it was really a bet against Pittsburgh. But the Colts came through at home. Uh, and I was happy about that. And again, happy about the handicapping. And then my third bet. Oh, my God. I, I could not have missed a bet more if I tried. And so, I had Denver plus five and a half uh, going into Detroit. Uh, it was only 230 to win 209. And I just thought that Denver was riding their win streak and Detroit had been really unpredictable. And I was like, hey, the line dropped to four by the time we recorded the podcast, but I had it at plus five and a half. Good for me. I've got these extra points. It did not matter at all. And you actually said, I wonder if this is more of a bounce back game for Detroit. And it certainly was for the Detroit defense. They really stepped up. You know, they pounded Denver 42 to 17. This game was not close. I don't know what happened to the Denver defense either. They weren't really getting to Jared Goff. He threw for five touchdown passes, three to Sam Laporta. Um, There's not much to say on this. I just really, really missed You know, I thought that the Denver Broncos would keep riding that momentum. They didn't. I thought the game was going to be close. It wasn't. Kudos to the Detroit Lions, who had been like two and two the last four weeks. And they figured out what was wrong because they pounded the Broncos. And I lost that bet. 
They sure did. And Detroit looked like they've looked earlier in the season when they were that dominant. And that's the team that I think of when I think of the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is, is you're right. You know, because we give each other our bets normally early in the week, you said you're going to be on Denver plus five and a half. And I think I said to you, I'm tempted to go Detroit minus four. Uh, and the reason I didn't is for the, you know, if, if you would have won and I would have lost the whole double whammy effect. And so uh, that's, again, what makes this week so interesting is that uh, we, we don't know each other's bets and it won't affect what we picked. And boy, I do wish I would have picked the Lions. That at least would have been one that would have came in without pushing for me. That's not a bad strategy for you, by the way, which is go opposite of what David picks. <laughs> that's a pretty good strategy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So that was my one and two week. That was my six hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, like I said, I'm up uh, two hundred dollars in change for the year, fifteen thousand in change. Uh, but I came in second place to someone who did not outright win a game, and that would be you. So tell us about your other two games. That would be me. I've been swimming in raw sewage, and I love it. Um, that was Naked Gun, by the way. Uh, so yes, I we talked about the first game that I pushed. That was a three forty five to win. 300 and so I got 345 back on Cincinnati beating Minnesota by three the other game that I handicapped that I actually thought I handicapped pretty well was Cleveland minus three against Chicago uh, and that was also 345 to win 300 I had said that this is the first time Chicago strung together two wins in a row this season and I don't think they'll get three and they didn't uh, the problem is they dominated that game, and that really was theirs to, to lose. They were up, uh, I think, 17-3 to as well, and it was just uh, all Chicago until finally Joe Flacco started finding his people, and he started moving the ball like he had been moving it the last couple of games. They, you know, kept it close, got in there, finally took a lead. And then, you know, it, it was a last-minute Hail Mary that bounced off a player, then bounced off a bear's leg. It should have been caught. <laughs> wasn't caught. I mean, uh, everything hung in the balance. And then at the end of it all, while everyone's taking a big breath, I get a push out of the whole thing. So, yeah, I got my 345 back there. Very strange game to watch. But, again, I really did think that, Cleveland was going to win. It just was a number situation. And you'll find later on that the number of people in the army had the bears with three and a half points. So they actually won that. They won the bet. Uh, I was just going to say what a crazy mirror this game was to the Cincinnati game because it was 17 to seven uh, Chicago at the end of the third quarter. And then Cleveland does all the scoring in the fourth quarter. You end up with the push. There's that crazy Hail Mary at the game and at the end of the game. But you know, just to have two pushes and then, you know, you almost have three. You'll talk about that in a second. Just so strange. Just what a weird game that we've become attached to. Well, and that's the funny part. So my last game was Philadelphia minus four against Seattle. And that was the Monday night game. And Philadelphia got the ball first. They march down the field. They score a touchdown on the first possession. So it's seven, nothing. And they led the entire game mm -hmm. uh, until there were 28 seconds left. Mm -hmm. And what were they leading by at the end of the game? They were leading by four. So I was sure that I was going to push a third game and have a, the first time in one of it history, having selected three games, all of them pushing just to get my money back on the week. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that lucky. 
Uh, Seattle had their longest drive in the in their history. I think it was like a 92-yard drive. Drew Locke looked uh, much better than the Drew Locke of old. Uh, Jackson Smith Najigba is a very underrated, outstanding wide receiver. He caught a touchdown that was, uh, you know, pretty darn awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Seattle shocked the world. Uh, I think a lot of people thought this was Philly's bounce back game. It ended up not being Philly's bounce back game. Seattle took the win. I took the loss and uh, ended up going 0-1-2, returning $690 to my bank. So it was a losing week, and it was really only a handful of, uh, of losing weeks for me the last maybe eight weeks, uh, nine weeks. This was, this, was, this was a tough one. Yeah, it was a tough week. I think I looked back. This was only the third time this year that neither of us cashed. Um, so it was just one of those one of those weeks. It happens. We turn the page. We move on. Uh, and speaking of moving on, we have an army following us. We do. Tell me who uh, who shined in the army. So the best person in the army, you will no no doubt not be surprised. It's your good friend John Zvagdis. I give you our champion. He is just a machine, an absolute machine. What did he do this week? He went two zero and one. He had the Dolphins. He had the 49ers. Mm. And with me, he pushed on the Bengals. So that was his big push for the week. But good for him. Uh, RJ, another winning week. That guy is just win after win. Mm. He had the Lions. He had the Bears plus three and a half. And when he when he wrote that, I'm like, I even tweeted at him like, boy, now I feel bad that I'm on the opposite side of that because you're generally right all the time. Uh, he got the win there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dave Siegel, he had the Panthers. That was an amazing win at the end of the game. I don't know if you watched that Eagles Packers, uh, Panthers game. Sure was. And then get this. He had the Seahawks on the money line. So he didn't even take the four points. He had them outright to win because he was spending the weekend in Seattle and thought it'd be cool to bet the team where he was at. What a bet. Boy, he must have been cheering his pants off during that final drive. Yeah, that was big money for him. Uh, let's see. We Donnie Wheels, uh, he had the Rams, but went one and two, and he had a very convoluted teaser parlay that he missed. Uh, Dave Barons had Miami, but he also went one and two. Uh, my cousin Nick went one and two because he had the Bears with three and a half, and Bill Kaklanis decided he was going to tail Nick this week, so he also went one and two. Hmm. So no offers, uh, but uh, but really uh, uh, there was a, a fair amount of losing this week. Oh, so you were the only person who didn't pick at least one winner. Is that what you're saying? And still beat you. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and you know we didn't even <laughs> we didn't even get into it. You know you're still over on your overs and unders. That that's what I wanted to talk about. No, earlier. I'm over on my overs. I I think I had an under here and there that win. I don't think I'm, I don't, I'm not over on both of them. I'm only over on the overs. I, I'm going to throw the challenge flag there, the progressive <laughs> red flag, and we can roll back the tape. I'm not so sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was week 15 in a nutshell. All right. Well, great job by the army as usual. And those were our picks uh, for last week. So what do you say we take our break, uh, catch our breath here, and then we are going to jump into the abyss of revealing our bets live to each other and seeing how that goes. Will you go first? Will you be the first one to go? Because I get the advantage because I won the week. I will be the first to go. All right. We're going to take a second to pause. We're going to be right back 
with you on the One of Bet podcast, and you're going to hear all these bets just as we hear them. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the One of Bet podcast. As always, what we do here is that we wipe the slate clean and we give ourselves a fresh $1,000. So we are going to open up our wallets and put in a new $1,000. And Miles and I have to spend all of that $1,000 on three bets. Each bet has to be at least $100. And like I said, here we go. I'm going to jump in with my first bet that Miles has not heard. And it is a team that we've talked about. I am continuing to pick on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I am taking Cincinnati minus two at Pittsburgh. So I'm going against rule one, uh, where I am betting uh, against a home underdog. I am betting 330 to win 300. Um, Now, this game is in Pittsburgh. So if you're worried that Pittsburgh has any sort of a home advantage, just remember that this is the same Pittsburgh Steelers that have lost their last two home games to the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. And both of those games, they lost by double digits. So I am really just piling on to a team that is floundering right now. I'm going to say it out loud, and of course I'm going to juju it, but I think this is a year that the Pittsburgh Steelers do not finish at least 500. I think this is the year where the Mike Tomlin streak ends. And of course the flip side of this bet is they're playing against a hot team. The Cincinnati Bengals, Jake Browning is just doing nothing but winning. Uh, These guys are playing for something. They happen to be going in to play a Pittsburgh Steelers team. You talked about uh, their quarterback who got suspended. They're also missing Minka Fitzpatrick. He's going to be out this week. Cam Hayward is in concussion protocol. Um, they're going to be starting Mason Rudolph, not uh, Mitch Trubisky, which I think is just a sideways move. I get why they're not starting Trubisky. He's not doing anything, but it's not like Mason Rudolph has really done anything spectacular in his career over the last four years. So look, I think they're a bad team. I think Cincinnati and the AFC North is coming in there with something to prove they're playing well. Uh, and I think they're going to win the bet 330 to win 300. Do you want to know if I'm on this game? I think you're going to tell me one way or the other. I am going to tell you that I'm not on this game. Okay. Uh, I thought about this game. I thought the same thing you did, uh, that uh, Cincinnati's the hot team. Uh-huh. So why aren't you on this game? What steered you away from the games that you liked more? Or is there something about this game that made you concerned? There's a couple things about this game that make me concerned. And it's not Mason Rudolph. That actually wanted to lead me to take Cincinnati. Um, but it is it is part of that Tomlin goes 8-8 eight and eight every year and finds ways to win. Tomlin has had such bad losses, and I feel like he needs a bounce back one of these last couple weeks. And that Cincinnati, I just feel the spot. It's a really tough spot. Mm-hmm. So in a pick em pool, I would take Cincinnati. But in our little bet, I just decided it was too close to call. And look, maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe this will be a blowout, and maybe this will be one where we all would have been like, that. I was so easy, why did you hesitate? Because uh, there is a situation where I could see Cincinnati winning by three touchdowns. By the way, I do want to say that the Steelers are not going to go eight and eight this year because we're now in a 17 game season. So if Tomlin wants to keep his streak alive, they have to go nine and eight. Uh, uh-huh. So that makes it even harder. Uh, and I just don't see how they're scoring points. They just don't have an efficient offense. You know, Najee Harris hasn't been great. They're not great at the running back. They're not, you know, uh, Pickens has been, you know, kind of a disappointment. You know, I just I I just don't see how they're going to move the ball down the field and score. No, it's a fair point. 
And uh, I think that, it, like I said, it's one that I considered. So I, I, I like your side of this one. Well, I hope so. So give it to me. What are you, where do you take in there in your first bet that I have not heard? In my first bet that you have not heard... I am taking a total, an over-under, because you're so bad at them, I thought there's no way that you would do this. (laughs) I am taking the under in the Washington Commanders, blessed be the fruit and praise be, uh, against the New York Jets. And that under is at 37, and I'm doing 330 to win 300. Let's just verify that that's the, uh, the number. I still see 37, yes. Very good. So my thinking here is the Jets are in really disarray when it comes to their offense. They got blanked last week, and Zach Sack Wilson uh, got concussed, I believe. He got he got concussed and still played, mm. and I think his mom went out on Twitter, and, which is weird because whose mom goes out on Twitter to talk about their kid uh, besides mine? Uh, <laughs> and his mom goes out and says that he was injured, and so – I don't think he's going to play quarterback this week. Now, who is eligible to play quarterback this week? Well, Aaron Rodgers is eligible to play quarterback this week. But he's I don't not think playing. He's no, going to play this week either. No, no. So I think the Jets are going to have to go with what crap they have left in the backup department, uh, and that might be Trevor Simeon. And who are they playing? They're playing the Washington Commanders, who – are not a very good team. Now, a very good team last week was Miami, who put 30 points on the Jets, and Washington is nowhere near offensively uh, strong as as Miami. And the Jets have a good defense, and I think they'll keep the game low scoring. Uh, I think Washington doesn't have a very strong offense. I'm not sure which quarterback they're going to use. Jacoby Brissett ended up getting the game uh, last week instead of Howell, and he was okay. He did well. But I don't know how well he'll do against the Jets defense. And I just feel like, uh, you know, Riverboat Ron, he made a huge mistake. He doesn't know how to count. And, and, you know, I told you this very first season that there are three types of people in the world, those that can count and those that can't. And Riverboat Ron (laughs) is definitely one of those. Uh, and so, yeah, I just don't trust his coaching abilities to to do anything great. So I'm going with the under. I think it's very possible that the Jets could squeeze out a win, but uh, we're saying 37 points is not going to be hit in the total. Yeah, I think uh, this bet is certainly coupled with a really good point that you're making about Zach Wilson getting hurt and they're coming off of a terrible loss to, to the Dolphins. What's interesting is that the week before that, they had this kind of come out of nowhere victory over Houston, uh, where they won 30 to six. So for some reason, not too long ago, they were able to put us up some points and put some things together. I mean, that interrupted a five game losing streak. So yeah, on the whole, they have not been good at scoring points, but there was this game just two weeks ago where against a decent team, they put up some points. So I hope all of a sudden they don't sort of remember how to play offense. And yeah, Washington, you know, they were in LA. They lost to the Rams 28 to 20. They're also in the middle of a five-game losing streak. So you've got two bad teams playing each other. It's always a safe bet to bet the under, uh, especially when quarterback uh, starting, you know, jobs are in question. Yeah, I see it. Totally see the logic on the bet. And, and the 30 points that they scored when they won was with Sack Wilson at the helm. And so I think he is the most dynamic out of their uh, quarterback room, as they call it. Yeah. But uh, without him, I just feel like that type of scoring is going to be really hard to come by. 
All right, I like it. Uh, that's a good under bet from Miles. Um, so let's move on, I guess, to my second bet. Uh, and so, Miles, I'm on the uh, San Francisco Ravens game, and I want to start with a little bit of a pop quiz because I know you love pop quizzes. So here is my pop quiz leading into this bet. In week two, the San Francisco 49ers played the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams, at the very end of that game, they kicked a field goal with literally no time left, and they turned a 10-point deficit into a 7-point deficit. What is significant about that play and that game and that score? I remember that game, and that was a game where I believe San Francisco was favored by eight and that meaningless field goal mm-hmm. br- let allowed the Rams to cover the spread. That is true. Not exactly what I was looking for in terms of my bet. They covered the spread and they lost by single digits. And that is the only time this season the San Francisco 49ers have not had a double-digit win. So when we talk about betting and handicapping and people say bet a number, not a team, I am looking at the number San Francisco minus four and a half. And I am thinking to myself, I know it's Baltimore. I know they are a good team, but they are coming into San Francisco to play a team that does not lose and they do not win by only single digits. They step on people's necks and they win going away. And I think even playing Sam, uh, playing Baltimore on Monday night, they are going to cover this spread. And remember that they have had this streak. First of all, the 49ers have won six games in a row. They've beaten the Eagles. They've beaten you know the Jaguars in there. They've beaten the Seahawks. They've beaten some good teams. They beat the Cowboys you know a couple months ago, 42 to 10. This is the best team in football, I think. When you look at their offense across the board with Kittle, with McCaffrey, with Samuel, with Ayuk, with Purdy, who's probably going to be, you know, the MVP, uh, they've got a great defense. I just think that they are too much for any team coming into Santa Clara, into San Francisco to play that game. Okay. I'm seeing the spread at minus four and a half at minus 115. Is that what you have it at? Yes, minus 115, exactly. So my bet is 345 to win 300. All right. Uh, Do you want to know if I'm on this game? Uh, I'm dying to know if you're on this game. I'm on this game. Ooh. And what side of this game are you on? I have San Francisco minus four and a half, 345 to win 300. I shit you not. Inconceivable! Well, that doesn't do me any good. How am I supposed to catch up if that happens? I kind of looked at, well, it's funny. You're going to laugh at my third pick um, because I don't think you're on that one. But I am on this game at 345 to win 300. I looked and thought, who is the best team in the league? Who's Mm -hmm. playing at home? Uh, You know, Baltimore lost a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mark Andrews is their best receiver. He's not playing. Isaiah Likely's filling in. Zay Flowers was a no-show last week. Um, I think the sharp people have money on Baltimore. And so I was kind of oscillating on whether to take them or not, or vacillating or vaselining. I was doing something. Okay. Let's just You're going back and forth. I was back and forth. And I said I'm just, I'm taking 49ers because I think they're the best team out there. And I had no idea that you do. 
because of the minus 115, uh, you know, I also did it at 345. So, yeah, I mean, we're both on it, which is, I guess, exciting that we have the same rooting interest, but it's not going to move the needle mm-hmm. in the uh, in the competition that we have. And hilarious, out of 16 games, we're on the same game. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what my third bet is. Are you ready okay. for this? You're you're gonna you, you go right ahead. You tell me what your third bet is. It's the same game. I am taking the over in the same game. Wow, over okay. forty seven against Baltimore and San Francisco, and that's going to be three twenty five to win two ninety five because that's what I have left. In while we were ready to start, I'm like, I don't know that I want to do this. Do I really want to have two bets on the same game? It's not a parlay, but it's you know, bank. It's really putting a lot of faith in how this game flow is going to be. Uh huh. And I'm thinking these are two very strong offenses. Yes, they are strong defenses too. But on this very probably the game of the week, if not the game of the year, on Christmas in prime time. I just think they're going to be demonstrating their best selves. I think uh, Lamar Jackson still wants to show that he could be MVP. I think Brock Purdy, he wants to show that he could be MVP. I think Christian McCaffrey wants to show that he could be MVP. So I'm putting really most of my wallet into this game. Uh, And so part of us will be rooting for the same thing, and I'll be rooting for it to be high scoring. Points, points, points. Interesting bet there with the over. Um Aren't you the one that sort of tracks the underovers uh, on the Monday night games? And so many of those primetime games have been coming in on the under. Is that is that correct? I believe it is correct. It is correct. And the and and I actually looked at the primetime game. Was thinking uh, in the Patriots Denver game to go under, but that line has gone down to thirty four and a half, and that's just to me a, a scary low number. Mm. And so. I thought, why don't I just root for points, root for a lot of offense, and uh, this is the game I chose. So I don't know. It's the first time I've done that where I've been on the same game twice. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that fares. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Baltimore's coming off of a strong game against Jacksonville where they won 23-7. I think that's really more about Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence not being healthy and the Jaguars just being in a little trouble. But Baltimore historically has a pretty good defense in San Francisco. You know, as we know, they have a very good defense. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, do you get caught up in two defenses just playing well? I think I think Lamar Jackson is really the X factor because he can, you know, make so many things happen by buying time in the pocket and running for first downs. And he's just so hard to, to you know, contain uh, that he can do things against the San Francisco 49ers that a lot of other teams in their quarterbacks can't. Uh, but interesting. Yeah, I was not looking at the over on this game at all uh, with with the defenses that these teams can put on the field. So it will be a, an interesting uh, watch for you on Monday night. I, I did hear that there are some defensive players that are injured and possibly not playing. So I think that at least gives me a more of a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that was the latest that I heard. And one of the things that pushed me over the edge to just go ahead and give this experiment a try. All right. Well, Miles, I'm going to actually jump into my third bet with uh, another pop quiz question, uh, a very difficult pop quiz question. And I'm going to be shocked if you're even close on this one. And the question is very simple. Um, What team in the NFL has the best red zone defense? Hmm. The Raiders? No. 
good obscure guess, but no, it's the Tennessee Titans. Oh, that's the one team that I can't seem to get right this year. I usually stay off. I think rule three was stay off of the Titans and the uh, and the and the Texans. Well, um, I was uh, going through the bets, and the Tennessee Titans are a team that I have not bet this year, like the Colts. Uh, so let me take one step back. So I'm behind in this competition. I'm looking for places to. Uh, catch up on money. And one of the ways that you do that when you're behind is you make money line bets. So I am actually taking the Titans plus two and a half at home. Sorry, the Titans at plus 120 on the money line at home. They are uh, two and a half point underdogs, but I am taking them to beat Seattle with my remaining $325 to win 390. And yes, this has some things to do with Tennessee that I think they have some hidden stats in there. Now, they've already been eliminated for the playoffs. You know, Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback at the start of the season. He's been out for a while. Will Levis has been the quarterback, Um, you know, and he's been up and down and not great. But this team still has Derrick Henry. This team still has DeAndre Hopkins. But really, I'm looking at the Seattle Seahawks, who are tired. These guys, and we've talked about it before, have had a brutal four-week stretch where they played the 49ers twice, they played the Eagles, they played the Cowboys, and now they have to go all the way across the country to Tennessee to play the Titans on the road. And I am just betting that even if Geno Smith plays, he's going to be nursing a sore groin. Drew Locke did come back and win the game against Philadelphia, but that, that game really was sort of hinged on two throws in that last drive. He had that pass to DK Metcalf to get him down there, and then the touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was just okay. He wasn't fantastic. Good for him that he got the win. You know, I, I like the the situation of the of the Titans being at home uh, and a really tired team who's probably not thought about them too much coming into play. I think there's an opportunity for some plus money here. And yeah, they've got enough firepower in the bank uh, that they, they can edge Seattle in a close game. That's what I'm hoping. I don't hate your bet. Um, I think that Will Levis has shown... Uh, a lot more, and I was a big fan of his early on, and I think that this last week was a really huge game for him. Uh, I think, you know, looking at spots, you're right that that Seattle is in a tough spot. Now they're on the road. They've played a lot of tough games. I think they have to probably win maybe two out of the next three if they want to be considered in the playoffs. So it's going to be tough. The thing is that they do have probably a little more to play for than Tennessee, but uh, it's not a bet that I would have considered, but, but when you break it down and you analyze it and you handicap it, it does not sound bad at all. Yeah. What you just said was the one thing that made me hesitate about the bet. And that is they have been eliminated from playoff competition. They're not playing for anything. You know, it's very much in doubt as to whether Mike Vrabel will be the coach next year. So I'm a little concerned about a team that's going to be flat, but because of that, but all players have their pride. Everybody wants to win. They want to win at home. Uh, and I think they're going to go out and, you know, they're going to put out a good effort and I hope it's enough. Yeah. No, good for you. Well, I would also love to hear what the Army has to think about our bets and and their bets. And so if you want to join the Army or you want to read about what the Army's posting, you can go to Twitter or X, whichever you wish to call it, and at Podcast, and you can post your picks. You can see what we're saying. You can communicate, interact. You can uh, be as active as, as you'd like to be. We love doing it. 
and uh, hopefully we'll add some more folks to the army and we will read your name on our podcast when you present your picks. Yes, we will. So Miles, why don't you recap your bets and uh, we can get on out of here and uh, have some fun watching games this weekend. So I am starting out taking the under in the Washington Commanders New York Jets game. That's under 37, 330 to win 300. And then I'm only on one other game. Got to have two separate bets. I've got San Francisco minus four and a half uh, at minus 115. That's 345 to win 300. Also taking the over 47. That's 325 to win 295. Uh, very, I don't know if ironic is the word, but it just it's it's just weird that you picked that game too. And here we are talking about advantages, disadvantages, and yet it proved out that this was a disadvantage to you making a comeback. I wonder <laughs> if that will affect how we do things in week 17. Well, I'm just going to look at it as two savvy bettors found the same uh, bet that we both like. So yes, I am on San Francisco minus four and a half. Also, 345 to win 300. I'm not on the over on that game, but I am on Cincinnati minus two going into Pittsburgh uh, to play a bad Pittsburgh offense, 330 to win 300. And then looking to gain, this is where I'm going to gain some money here. On the money line, I have Tennessee uh, at home uh, as a two and a half point underdog, but I am taking them at plus 120 uh, to bet 325 to win 390 to get some extra money in my bank. No, it sounds like a very, very fun week ahead. It's going to be a holiday week, a Christmas week. There'll be lots of games going on while families are getting together and celebrating. So, By the way, those families getting together might be your family and my family because I've heard a vicious rumor the Zvis are heading west. We are flying out to Los Angeles. Uh, and yes, I would love to see you. And then from there, we're heading to Las Vegas, which I understand you're also doing too independently. Yes, we are. I will, we will be in Las Vegas from Christmas Day uh, to the Wednesday right after that. So, uh, you know, I, I tail your bets. You tail my uh, my vacation trips. So there you go. I like it. Will you pay for my vacation trips too? <laughs> With all the money that you have? No, I will not pay for your vacation trips. Fair enough. Well, that wraps it up for this week of One of It Podcast. And signing out, I do want to say, love your body, Larry, as I like to say. And I uh, hope everyone's bets come in. Me too. Everybody, thank you for listening to us. We had a great time. We're going to have a great week watching football. We'll definitely be all over that Monday night game. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to electricast.com and join our community today. 
Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast.